Welcome to the St. Richard's Episcopal Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Reverend Cameron Nations. For more information, please visit strichards.org. So no one needs a preacher to tell them that life is hard, right? You don't need a preacher to tell you that. You don't need me standing up here to tell you that life is hard. We all know that life is hard, that life is difficult, that life throws curveballs at us all the time, that we encounter tragedy and struggle and loss and disappointment sometimes daily, sometimes daily. Life is hard. And all of us, each and every one of us, comes up with some way of equipping ourselves to deal with those curveballs and tragedies and struggles and disappointments and loss. We all do. It's just natural. The question is not whether we will try to equip ourselves to go through life. It's how we will equip ourselves. And with what do we equip ourselves to get through it all? What do we put on to protect ourselves from all that life throws at us? Because we do try to protect ourselves from the challenges that we face, don't we? Sometimes we protect ourselves by shoring up as much wealth and money as possible, finding our equipment and physical and material things. We fashion our armor out of our bank accounts and our investments, believing that those will be enough to insulate us and protect us from the difficulties of life. Or maybe it's a particular substance that we abuse, that we think will protect us and help get us through. And the numbness that we feel by abusing that substance does seem, for a little while, kind of like wearing armor, doesn't it? Or maybe it's knowledge and study, our pursuit of uh, more information. Uh, Maybe we say that the more we know, the better we'll be able to navigate this life, right? And so we try to put on the armor of our intellect, Attempting to protect ourselves by outsmarting the challenges and the heartbreak that come our way. Or maybe it's power and influence that we think will shield us from our own suffering. That the more of that that we can accumulate, the more insulated and protected we'll be. And so not only do we look at power and influence to protect ourselves, but the danger with power and influence is we often can use it as a weapon and lord it over others. But regardless of what equipment we reach for, regardless of how we try to do it, we all put on something. We all build our own defenses, our kind of armor that we wear, and we march out into the world to face the challenges of our lives. We all do this, whatever our armor is made out of. Now, in the end, we will find that the armor that we often try to put on, money, knowledge, power, whatever it is, those sorts of things ultimately fail us. Those sorts of things ultimately cannot offer the kind of protection that we seek. Those kinds of things prove to be brittle and flimsy. And as Jesus Jesus tells us, it is fleeting. All of those things are fleeting. They are all treasures that, as the scriptures say, that moth and rust consume. Or they're things that actually end up inflicting more pain than they actually protect us from. We make the mistake of putting on earthly material to fight what Paul reminds us this morning is in fact a spiritual battle. 
And so it should be no surprise that these things ultimately don't quite fulfill us or provide the kind of protection and security that we think they will. Now, I'm not saying they provide none at all. They certainly do. Money can insulate you from a lot of problems, for instance, and certain things may work for a time, but ultimately, ultimately, we find these things to be rather frail. And so Paul, this morning, outlines a different set of metaphorical protection in today's reading from Ephesians. We have, Paul tells us, the belt of truth, a breastplate of righteousness, And our shoes, now I always find this really funny. So we have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, we've got some more to come. But then Paul gets to the shoes and I guess couldn't come up with a snappy name for the shoes. And so do you notice that he just says, and our shoes are whatever gets us out preaching the gospel. Okay, that's not like the sandals of truth or something, right? We don't get that. It's just whatever shoes will get you preaching the gospel of peace. I always think that's funny. He goes to all this trouble to make these one-to-ones. So we have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, whatever shoes will get us ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. We have a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which uh, we are told is the word of God. And so here we have different kinds of materials to build armor out of than the ones I described before. We have truth and righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. This is the equipment that we are told to wear, and each provides us with much better protection than anything we could craft for ourselves. And so I want to go through and talk about each of these briefly this morning, and what it might mean for us to actually put these on as the armor of God. So let's begin. Truth. What does it look like for us to wear truth? Well, to be rooted in truth, the truth with a capital T, is to be grounded in God's own reckoning of creation. What I mean by that is it is to acknowledge what is really real, to believe in capital T truth, is to acknowledge what is really real. It's to find our hope in the kingdom that the prophets foretold and the kingdom that Jesus preached. It's to hold fast to something deep and mysterious and sure. It's a belief in certainty itself, and it is the root for us of all that comes after. To believe in truth, to be rooted in truth, and to clothe ourselves in truth with a capital T is far more resilient than the lies that we tell ourselves. But I'll get to that in a minute. So truth. Then we have righteousness. Now righteousness here is akin to justice. It's a belief that God is putting and will put all things right. Now, Paul talks uh, about it and associates righteousness uh, with a breastplate, right? Something that protects your torso, your heart, your lungs, your breath, your life. And so to seek after righteousness is what we talked about recently when I preached about praying for a pure heart. Christians are defined by this thirst for righteousness, which we are accorded through Jesus Christ And so to wear righteousness is to seek and search after justice. And then there's the gospel of peace. I joked about Paul not being able to come up with a good name uh, for the shoes or the sandals or whatever, I guess, the first century footwear would have been. Um, But nevertheless, there is something really important here. There's an urgency in Paul's words. 
You see, Paul didn't even come up with a name for them, like I said. He just wants you to put on whatever will get you out proclaiming the gospel, but not just any gospel. He specifies the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. So peace is our mission, literally what Paul sees us as being sent out to do, to be agents of God's peace. When this is our mission, when we as Christians try to live our lives as, lives as agents of God's peace, then we become resilient to those things which threaten to upend us because we have work to do. We have work to do. So that's the gospel of peace. And then faith. We are told rather vividly in this passage from Ephesians that the shield of faith will help, uh, help us, quote, quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I love that because I think it's a very vivid image of actually what faith does do for us. Faith is what helps give us hope. When those arrows are coming at us from all sides, it is our faith that helps repel them and get us through. And what I love about this illustration as well is that it paints faith not as this kind of, I don't know, insipid thing or this blind thing or this sort of, um, I don't know, uh, vapid thing. Uh, it's, it's actually a tenacious and optimistic and powerful thing. It truly is a shield against adversity and pain. It doesn't mean we don't feel pain or go through adversity, but it is what helps us to continue our advance and get us through. And so that is the shield of faith. And then we have salvation. Now it's interesting that the image in today's reading is of a helmet of salvation. So as we're going through all these things, uh, we get to the helmet, and the helmet is salvation, because salvation is all about what God does. I think this is why this is important. Salvation is all about what God does, and what God does is what we should have our minds on at all times. We need to be reminded that salvation is about God's action, not our own, which also means that salvation is about God's grace. And God's grace, as I preached about on Easter, is the strongest stuff in the universe, right? God's love for us. There is nothing more powerful in all of creation than God's love for us. It's better than any substance that we can come up with, sweeter than any drink. It fuels the faith that we are also instructed to wear. And so I love that Paul actually puts that on our heads. <laughs> so we can't miss it. It's at, literally at top of mind, right, is salvation. So that brings us to the word of God. Now, interestingly, all of the stuff that Paul writes about up until now is all defensive, right? Shields, armor, helmets, breastplates. But then we have one weapon, we have one, one offensive thing, and that is the word of God. But the word here is not the, the Greek word logos, okay, which is the, the this gets really confusing because in English I couldn't come up with a better word for word than word, okay? And so just bear with me here. The Greek word for word that we hear at the beginning of the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, the word was with God. We're kind of familiar with that. That word in Greek is logos, but this is not that same word in Greek. The word that Paul uses here is the word rhema. Rhema. And it also means word, but in a different kind of way. The word rhema is more like saying or utterance than just like a printed word on a page or something like that. Um, 
Rhema appears often in scripture and especially where action is present. So one example of this, just to give you an idea, um, is at the Annunciation uh, where Mary is you know, sort of given uh, or, or asked to perform this most holy of tasks, to bear God's son into the world. Uh, and she says the famous phrase, let it be so according to thy word. The word that she uses for word, again, I know it's kind of confusing, but the word she uses for word is rhema. It's not logos, it's rhema. Okay, let it be so according to thy saying or utterance or speaking. And this is a reminder, I think, for us, this intentional word that Paul uses here is a reminder to us, not only that we are to listen for God, but that God actually speaks to us. That God speaks and instructs us. And that God's word is always, it always has the capability and the power of piercing us straight to the heart. That it's something that sometimes is offensive to us, right? I think this is why this isn't a piece of armor, but actually is, uh, is, is a weapon. It's weighty and dangerous <laughs> at times. But God speaks to us, and we need to listen. The conviction that we are called to live not only for ourselves is so powerful when it comes to vanquishing the sense of grief and loss and struggle that we face in our lives that I think this is why Paul lists it here. The, the utterance of God, the speaking of God. And so these are the materials, like I said, that we are called to fashion our armor out of, that we are called to put on as we march out into the world. And aside from sounding conspicuously like the fruits of the Spirit, uh, they're made from a lot sturdier stuff than we can ever hope to fashion on our own. And all of these things actually have another important benefit as well. These spiritual materials don't just protect us from outside attack. They also protect us from ourselves. And here's what I mean by that. The materials that we often reach for to build our own armor, money, power, whatever it may be, right? All of those things actually have the ability to inflict self-harm, even as they possess the ability to also harm others real pitfalls with the things that we often build our armor out of. Instead of truth, righteousness, peace, and faith, we instead can clothe ourselves in deception and cruelty, greed and malice and resentment. And these things can often make us feel strong, even invincible at times. But they are, in fact, evidence of our own hurt and pain and vulnerability. They are proof that we are vulnerable. They are not armor against our pain. And in the end, wearing these, especially for long periods of time, can corrode our spirit. They can prevent us from living out our true God-given purpose. And instead of healing and strength, we'll find emptiness if we choose to wear the armor of resentment over the armor of God. And so one way of thinking about grace is that grace is understanding what the disciples do at the end of our gospel reading today. <laughs> it's understanding that in the end, there is no one to whom we can go that is greater than God. No armor that we can put on of our own creation that will truly get us through life's difficulties, life's pains, life cha life's challenges and trials 
let alone armor that will vanquish death itself. Only God's grace can do that. And so putting on the armor of God also means that we have to be willing to set aside our own. That that armor that we have fashioned out of all of these things, we have to be willing to give up in order to put on God's armor. Truth and righteousness and peace and the word of God, these all can be very heavy materials. Sometimes we can feel like the weight of them might buckle our knees, like we're not really capable of putting that on, like we're not even sure what that means or how that would impact our lives. It just seems too heavy. But the gospel is that God holds us up under the weight of that heavy armor. That what holds ultimate significance, like truth and righteousness and faith and salvation, all of that suddenly feels as light as a feather. In the Christian tradition, we often refer to this sensation of those ultimate and weighty things lightening our hearts. We often call this thing joy. (laughs) Joy. And I have personally seen how this kind of joy will get the saints of God through some otherwise absolutely unbearable circumstances. I think we've all experienced that. A saint of God who's really wearing the armor of God, going through something you cannot imagine, and yet they're so joyful and hopeful. And you wonder, how in the world? Well, it's because they're brandishing their shield of faith, right? They're wearing all of these things. And so when we seek protection and strength from the challenges of our lives, to whom can we go? When we seek after things like truth and righteousness and peace and salvation, to whom can we go? Well, we go to the one who has the words of eternal life. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org. 